Welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. I hope that you have been enjoying this podcast. We have covered many subjects, and, you know, we're going to continue to do that. The response has been excellent, and I will continue to bring you quality podcasts from which you can learn and perhaps give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you have missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. And while you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to grow around the world. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. There are many people angry at what is going on lately. Are you angry or are you just tolerant? Well, we're going to discuss it today on The Truth Must Be Told. Stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. Okay? When in doubt, tell the truth. And when I try to tell the truth, and they kick me off the air. You can't handle the truth. And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. Where do I begin? <laughs> well, once again, I must apologize for not doing Tuesday Trek, but there's so much stuff happening in the news that I must address it. We'll, we'll get back to Tuesday Trek. I know you uh, Star Trek fans are looking forward to uh, my covering more of Star Trek, and there's a lot to cover on that. I have some... Uh, I have some things I'd like to share with you on that, but not today. Today, this this is uh, there's stuff, so much stuff in the news I've got to address what's going on today, and at least one point of it. <clears throat> now, first of all, I want to bring this up. No matter no matter who the POTUS is, if it were Trump that were doing this, I would be as much of an outrage as I am with Biden. That being said. I quoted a, I posted a quote uh, from Nikki Haley on Facebook. Now, Nikki Haley is the former governor of uh, South Carolina. She was the 29th ambassador to the United States, among, amongst other accolades that she has. Now, here was the quote. She said, Joe Biden is a coward who needs to remember his, he answers to the American people, not the Taliban. Okay? Now, that is a very good very good quote because all of whether it doesn't matter who the politician is the politicians answer to us the american people we voted them into office we have a right to vote them out of office and we have a right to call for their impeachment or removal from office if they are not following uh the constitution basically i mean it's within the constitution that if that if a you know a, a leader is not following the laws and guides and precepts of the Constitution, they're to be removed. So we are in a very sticky situation here. So I quoted this um, from her. I'll read it again. Joe Biden is a coward who needs to remember he answers to the American people and not the Taliban. Right on, Nikki. I really appreciate that. Now, the first response that I received from this quote and I will not mention the man's name. If he's listening, you know who you are. All right. He said this. He, oh, these are all in caps, by the way, as if he was yelling at me. All right. He's doing fine, by the way. There is a military recruiting office near you. Don't be a coward. All right. I was, 
I, I was like, what do you mean he's doing fine? And then what do you mean there's a recruiting office near me? All right. Uh, this, is, this was my reply to him. I tried to join when I was 18. I had physical issues, and now I'm, I'm 63 now. But I would go if they would let me. I'm ready to fight if it comes to that. So are my neighbors. But that is not really your problem, is it? He's doing fine? Really? Ask the families of the 13 military personnel that just lost their lives and if, they, if he is doing well. Are you enjoying the higher gas prices? How about forced vaccines? Okay, his response to my reply was, in all caps, as if he's yelling at me, President Biden doesn't control the price of gas. And the last time I got news about vaccines, no one was forced. Uh, more, th- more about the Marines. They didn't have a chance, and the families of the Marines that were killed, Marines are sorry about the way they died, and there were tears in their eyes too. And after the tears... We lock and load and ready to kill people because that's what we do. And some of us won't come home alive and there will be tears. All right, this guy is definitely a Marine, and I respect him for fighting for our country. But, um, you know, this was, uh, this was, you know, my response to him on this was that uh, what about the people who are, have to get vaccines in order to maintain their jobs? They either get the vaccines or they're fired. And he says, I agree the employers should not fire the employees. Again, this is all in caps. They should tell them to return to work once they are vaccinated. Let's say there are 25 workers. Should that person come back to work and infect the other people? Maybe all of them will get the virus. If so, the little company will cease to operate and no one will have a job. Well, in response to this, I didn't respond to him on this. All right, uh, but... You know, these, this is the typical response when you're dealing with somebody who will not look and answer the, the questions. All right, now he says that they shouldn't fire the employees. They should tell them to return to work once they've been vaccinated. That's still forcing the person to get a vaccine. You either get the vaccine or you cannot return to work. That's simple. And I feel bad for the nurses who for months... Without a vaccine, the nurses and the doctors who, <clears throat> who treated patients are now being threatened to be fired if they don't get a vaccine. And they didn't have a vaccine. They didn't get sick, a lot of them. And they treated these patients all without the benefit of a vaccine, which does not stop the virus. Anyway, but if it does stop the virus, then if 20 people, if this guy's according to his definition here, if 25 workers... All right, and if one person doesn't want to get the vaccine, he comes back. The other 24 are vaccinated, right? So what's the problem? See, this was this is the problem. Okay, they get they get into this they get into this mode of they've got to defend the left, have got to defend themselves. They cannot, they cannot and will not um, adhere to solid logic. Arguing with them is almost as if I was arguing with the wall. I might as well talk to my dog about this because I would get the same response. Actually, I'd probably get a better response from the dog than I would probably the wall would be a better better description. I could talk to the wall. I did not yell at him. I did not put him down. And yet here we have, um, you know, here we have his response. Now, Another post that was commented by this person 
And this was the post that I put up, and it's, the meme said this, any president who turns over billions of dollars in weaponry to a terrorist group who is holding Americans hostage deserves to be impeached. Who else is with me? Now, I would wonder what would have happened if Trump was in office and this took place. Well, his answer to me, uh, saying that, uh, you know, that uh, terrorist group and who's holding Americans hostages, he says this, wrong and wrong. The weapons were, were left to the Afghan National Army founded circa 1722. I don't know what he's talking about there. About 180,000 soldiers. Don't blame President Biden. The latest news doesn't say anything about Americans being held hostage. Obviously, this guy doesn't uh, watch the news or, well, I don't know. The mainstream media may, may, be, um, may be deflecting this, showing that, yeah, there's no. But in my response to him, I, I posted to him links for two articles from mainstream media newspapers about the hostages in Afghanistan. So, again, we have the, the ignoring of the truth. See, this, this thing with me with the truth, it goes both ways. When you try to tell the truth, and then people will come against you, because how dare you? You know, I, sh- I sh- really should get a... a <laughs> I should get what's-her-name in here. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you question the uh, administration? Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Okay, so uh, how dare you question these people? They, you don't have a right. You're just Joe Schmo there. You, you, you are just supposed to do what they say and not question their motives. And unfortunately, the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution allows me to peacefully, peacefully protest against those, against those grievances that I have with the government. I have a right to protest. I have a right to speak my mind. That is a right given to me by the First Amendment of this country. And uh, for those of you, and let me read it to you because, hey, we, we want to make sure. First Amendment says this, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government against uh, uh, the government for a redress of grievances. So we have a right to speak out. Peaceful. Peacefully. You know, and the stuff that's happening right now, you, you're seeing the White House begin to put a spin that everything is fine, that the people who were left in Afghanistan want to stay. And that is just an outright lie from what I'm reading and what I'm understanding. It's not happening. And they really want to stifle the truth from coming out. Uh, recently, a, uh, a lieutenant colonel was, was fired from the military, basically, because he dared to speak out and ask that somebody be held accountable for these deaths in Afghanistan. And somebody needs to, to stand up, have the Kulyonis to stand up and say, 
yeah, it was my fault. I, I did this. You know, and Biden's saying the buck stops with him, and he's pl- plagiarizing himself again. Um, so we have, you know, it's just, it's just, it's perplexing. It's perplexing. It will boggle the mind. It really will. When you think about what's happening out there. So, all right. So there are many people that are upset over this debacle. Now, how about you? Does it upset you that so many people like my friend here on Facebook are supporting this nonsense? And I'd like to use a stronger word. Well, so far, you know, um, you know, getting back to what, what my friend here said that, um, he said, um, yeah, Marines are sorry about the way they died and there were tears in their eyes. And after the tears, we lock and load and get ready to kill people because that's what we do. And some of them won't come home alive and there will be tears. Okay. So let's read. I have a couple of articles I want to read here. The first one, I, these are both from the uh, Daily Wire, and I put the uh, link to these articles in the description of the podcast so you guys can go back there and look. All right. Mother of slain U.S. Marine unloads on Biden, calls him a fearless, dementia-ridden piece of crap and treasonous. The mother of a U.S. Marine who was murdered during the Islamic terrorist attack at the airport on Kabul Uh, in Kabul on Thursday, unloaded on President Joe Biden during an interview on Saturday morning, calling for him to be removed from office. Doesn't sound like they totally understand here. Kathy McCollum, mother of 20-year-old Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, called into the Wilco Majority Show on Sirius XM Patriot Radio, where she revealed that she had just been notified that her son, at her home, that her son was killed in the bombing that claimed the lives of at least 13 U.S. soldiers. That f- that that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die, she said, speaking about Biden. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning, two Marines at my door, telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap, talking about diplomatic crap with, with the freaking Taliban terrorists, who just freaking blew my son up and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families, so my son is gone. To all Democrats who voted for Biden, she says, quote, you just killed my son with a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House, unquote. She continued, he still thinks he's a senator. And in response to that, yes, he still every once in a while will come up and say he's a senator. She said that he was going to meet with Representative. She said that she was going to meet with Representative Lauren Brobart, Representative of Colorado, Republican of Colorado, who was a representative at her home tomorrow. I never thought in a million years my son would die for nothing, for nothing, because that freckless, demission, <laughs> dementia-ridden piece of crap who decided he wanted a photo op on September 11th. She continued, "That's what kills me. I wanted my son to represent our country, to fight for my country, but I never thought." that a freckless piece of crap would send him, a feckless piece of crap would send him to his death and smirk on television while he's talking to people about um, dying with his nasty smirk. The dementia-ridden piece of crap needs to be removed from office and never would have happened under Trump. She called Biden a treasonous man and a disgusting human being. Again, pin blame on Democratic voters, saying, you did this to my son. Every Democrat that's listening, you did this to my son. 
Okay, so, um, and uh, she um, had some not so nice words to say about Jen Psaki. So, and we'll end it there. All right, so here you go. That's that's number one that I found. All right, number two, another gold star mom, Blast Biden. He was he rolled his effing eyes at me like he was annoyed with me. Now this is this one really hurts. This is supposed to be our president. This is supposed to be the man who is our commander-in-chief of our military forces, all right? And he should have compassion on what happened here. But listen to this. Again, this is from the Daily Wire, and again, the news, uh, the link is up on the description. It says, Shania Chapel, the mother of Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nikoi, slammed President Joe Biden in a post on social media for the way that he acted when the two met and how he acted during the dignified transfer of 13 slain U.S. service members. Chapel wrote on Facebook that she was able to get five inches from Biden's face and look him straight in the eye and have words with him. Chappelle expressed the pain that she was experiencing of never again being able to enjoy her son when Biden tried to interrupt me with his own sob story. And she had to tell him, this isn't about you. So don't make it about you. Writing to Biden in the post, Chappelle continued, You then said that you just want, this is a quoting her, You then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel and let you know that you don't know how I feel and you don't have the right to tell me you know how I feel. Then you rolled your effing eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me and I let you know that the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son. You turned to walk away, and I know you and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands, and you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away from me like you were saying, Okay, whatever. Chappelle said that the former president that a former president Donald Trump was still in office, her son and the twelve other service members would still be alive. Chappelle also took issue with Biden repeatedly looking down at his watch during the dignified transfer of the 13 service members' bodies. Quote, by the way, as my son and the rest of our fallen heroes were being taken off the plane yesterday, I watched you with disrespect. I watched you disrespect us all five different times by checking your watch. She wrote, what the F? Was, what the F was so important that you had to keep looking at your watch. You are nobody special, Biden. America hates you. Gold Star Fathers, Mark Schultz, and Darren Hoover also slammed Biden for looking at his watch during the dignified transfer. In reference to the checking of his watch, that didn't happen just once, said Hoover, who lost his son, Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hooper, in the attack. That happened on every single one that came out of that airplane. It happened on, it happened on every single one of them. They would release the salute, and he would look down at his watch on every last one. All 13, he looked down at his watch. As a father, you know seeing that and the disrespect and hearing from his former leaders, one of his master sergeants said exactly what you said. This was avoidable. That they left them over there. He continued, they let them down. We can't have that. It can't happen ever again. Fox News' Sean Hannity asked Schultz, who lost his son, <clears throat> Marine Lance Corporal Jared, uh, oh, excuse me, Schmitz, excuse me, 
who lost his son, Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, what he would what he thought about the watch incident. Uh, Schmidt said, I actually leaned into my son's mother's ear and I said, I swear to God, if he checks his watch one more time and was probably only four times in, I couldn't look at him anymore after that, Schmidt said, considering especially the time that we were, the time and why we were there. I found it to be the most disrespectful thing I have ever seen. Does that anger you? Does that anger you? All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and I'll be right back. Before we go on, I uh, want to uh, bring up a couple of things that are uh, do a little housekeeping here before we go on to the rest of the show. A um, couple of things coming up, upcoming September 11th. That's uh, a Saturday. We are going to be having our Patriot Show, our salute to 9-11, and we're going to look back and remember, and I'm going to, it'll be entitled, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? So um, I really would appreciate you guys if you have a story. You want to write in to me, you can go to um, thetruthmustbetold.org. I'll put it up here on the screen, thetruthmustbetold.org, and please send me your stories about 9-11. Just put 9-11 as a subject. Um, October 2nd, we're going to start a new series on the paranormal. Now, I've been thinking about this today. I think October 2nd will be the launch on it, and it will probably do one or two shows a week because there's a lot to cover. We have angelology to cover, demonology to cover. Um, we have the um, the stuff about UFOs, Bigfoot, all that stuff. So I'm going to be doing it from October 2nd on through the month. If you Again, if you have a story or you have a specific question about uh, demon activity, ghosts, and whatnot, we will be covering this from a biblical point of view. We'll be bringing out scriptures about how the the demons can disguise themselves as ghosts and we'll um, we'll we'll get into that we'll get into it uh, in a lot of detail i'll probably you know take subject we, we can hit it very very deeply during the month of october because we're leading up to halloween which is all hallows eve and that is a high holy day of the uh, of the uh, church of the wiccan church of the satanic church so we want to make sure that we cover these things so that will be uh, Saturday, October 30th. So all of October, we'll be really hitting the paranormal hard. And then we'll, uh, we'll conclude well, October 30th with that. I also want to do this month, I'd like to do a um, uh, before, well, we got September 11th coming. So sometime before September 11th or sometime within, within the month, I'd like to do a show on, um, I'm thinking about doing a show on, uh, on the opiate crisis in America. Now, Lori and I both are on uh, opiates for uh, pain. We're on pain management. We see doctors for our pain. We try to, um, you know, we, we try to see them and explain to them, you know, how we're feeling and what's going on. 
but the doctors have this whole agenda going on. And we'd like to actually bring that out into the open. <clears throat> so I'd like to have Lori here with me during those. I haven't talked to her about this yet, but she does have a lot to say about it, and she's more in tune with this. So maybe we'll do like a question and answer thing with her on here so we can uh, we can bring up this opiate crisis and discuss, you know, what's happening. So I'd like to like see if I can get her in on this as well. Um, so that's, uh, that's what's coming. That's what's going to be coming up. So stay tuned. I'm also want to do, you know, in regards to that too, I want to do another addiction, um, show on addiction. And, um, so we're going to be taking care of that as well. So for those of you who have any questions, again, the truth must be told.org. That's the truth must be told.org. And just put in the subject line, um, questions on addiction or just put addiction, uh, you know, ghost, demon, UFO, Bigfoot, whatever it is you want to talk about, just put it in that subject line and, and get those stories to me and get those questions to me. Um, you put question two, if you want to know how to be saved, definitely put that in there as well, and I'll talk to you about that. Okay. Now, I bring up this next article because uh, it's going to lead into what's happening thing but this article is from law enforcement today now you know i told you a week or so ago maybe two weeks ago that facebook pulled a um show of my not facebook youtube i keep saying facebook youtube pulled a show of mine because they said it violated their their uh, medical misinformation policy even though i had quoted it from the cdc and WHO. Those were those were the stats and stuff I brought in there. Apparently that wasn't good enough, and I wrote them a very, very stern response uh, about what part of my anatomy they can kiss. Uh, because, you know, and, and going to pull me from YouTube? Fine, pull me. You know, so that was thing. But it gets even worse. I only get this three, I only got three followers on YouTube, and they're making a big deal out of it. But, you know, we've got, they got censorship is going absolutely Nuts. Absolutely nuts. And under the guise of private enterprise, they decide who's, you know, these these places like Google, Facebook, Instagram, they all decide who is has the right to say something and who doesn't under the guise of it's violating our things or whatever. Well, this article, uh, this is from Law Enforcement Today. And I'll try to remember to put this link in there. They're very lengthy, so. But you go to lawenforcementtoday.com, and you'll find this article about a fallen Marine's mom gets Instagram account suspended after posting a picture of her son. Uh, The tech giants claim that it was an error. So out of Norco, California, the grieving mother of a U.S. Marine killed in Sunday's blast in Afghanistan had her Instagram account suspended by Facebook for posting a photo of her son and a heartbreaking message. Shauna Chappelle, this was the mother that we just talked about, the mother of fallen U.S. Marine, Karim uh, Nikoi, 20, posted a photograph of her son taken the day he was killed. In the photo, a smiling Nikoi dressed in full combat gear was pictured in front of barbed wire. This is the last picture my son sent me of himself. It was taken on Sunday. And I know I'm still in shock right now, but I felt my soul leave my body as I was screaming that I that it can't be true. No mother, 
No parent should ever have to hear that her child is gone, that her child was one of the Marines killed today. I had to hear it. I had to hear it. This was my baby. This was my hero. Um, clearly distraught by her tragic loss, Chappelle continued with that she would never hug her son again. This can't be real. It hurts so bad. This is my baby, Kareem. He was so amazing in every way. My heart will never be the same. My heart goes out to all the Marine parents who lost their sons alongside my son yesterday. Prayers for their family and for mine. Uh, But yeah, they decided to pull her. Soon after the post was made, Facebook blocked her post. The post was replaced by a message reading, this content isn't available right now. This is a common label given to posts censored and removed by Facebook. Facebook owns the Instagram platform, and Chappelle said that the social media giant began sending her warnings from posts made by her months ago. As soon as I posted what happened about my son, Instagram started pulling up my posts from months ago, sending me notifications that if I kept posting stuff like this, they would disable my account. After the news media began asking for a comment, Instagram restored restored the mother's post claiming it was removed in error. Yeah. We express our deepest condolences to Miss Chapel, Miss Chappelle, and her family. Her re- tribute to her son does not violate any of our policies. While the post was not removed, her account was incorrectly deleted, and we have since restored it. You know, and it goes on, and I don't need to to read all that. It just it's just useless anyway. So. Again, I say that what's happening in this country is our liberties are being threatened. We can't speak openly for fear of insulting someone. The government wants to shut us down. Now, I could say, well, it's not the government that's doing this. It's private businesses. Well, you know, there's a, there was a bill set before Congress that would stop this stuff from happening. And I forgot what it is. I forgot what the thing was. Something 360 or 630 or something like that. But again, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the Bill of Rights, the first amendment in the Bill of Rights. And why would our founding fathers put that in there? Because they knew that the government should not have control. All right? Do I agree with all the religions in this country? No, I do not. Do I, you know, but they have a right to stand up and to speak their mind. Okay? Now, no, your free speech doesn't let you to, to cry fire in a movie house. But your freedom of speech into how you feel about what's happening in our government, what's happening in our world, what's happening in your church, that's a free right. That's a right given to you by the Constitution. The same Constitution that our soldiers swore to uphold and protect. The same Constitution said that they will defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And trust me, there are domestic enemies out there right now. We have got people 
in places of power and authority that are throwing the Constitution out the window. They don't want you, they don't want the Constitution to govern them. They do not. They want to be in full power, throwing the Constitution out, and just establishing themselves as the power and authority. I pray to God this does not happen. Because if it does, we'll, you know, things, the way, where, at the rate we're going, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to have another, you know, fair and free election. Because the politicians, the Democrats especially, want to do away, excuse me, with anything that are, anything that would stop any cheating. And all we want as Republicans is, is this, the, to stop the cheating. As Christians, we should be able to get behind that. We don't want people to cheat to get into office. That's just wrong. You know, let's, let's do something about that. Let's speak up. A time of evil is moving upon this country. A time of evil that, you know, I have never seen. I've been in, in, alive for 63 years. Okay, from the time I remember, start remembering things. I don't remember such an evil time as we're in now. Yeah, I grew up through the 60s and the Vietnam War and saw, you know, the protests and things like that. I was around, I was very young when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I was very young when Bobby was assassinated. I was very young when Martin Luther King was assassinated. But I knew that these were, these were tragedies and they had to be addressed and something was definitely happening in this country that brought people to have... Um, this type of, um, of um, you know, attitude that's going on. In, 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 but I've never seen, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I have never seen this country in the state it's in now. Yeah, there was a lot of turmoils through the 60s, through the 70s. And that's when I, you know, really remember it. You know, coming up through the 80s um, was good for me. I got, I, I got saved in 1978. So the 78 uh, through now, my whole perspective has changed because it went from a, you know, being a, a, a rotten sinner to a rotten sinner saved by grace. But that's all I am. But seeing how this country is losing its freedom a little bit at a time. You know, back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, I began to see them changing the curriculum in the school and teaching kids about all kinds of crazy things. And I saw the liberal left begin to, you know, liberals say, you you know, be a free thinker. You're free to think the way you want, but you better think the way we think or we don't want to have anything to do with you. And I began to see that through the 90s and really accelerate. I kind of squashed it a little bit when, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, when Reagan was in office, I kind of squashed it a little bit when, uh, uh, you know, the Bushes, as much as I hate, I hate, I disagree with everything, a lot of things that the Bushes did, but they're better off than having the Clintons in office. And there was so many things that were bad, you know, and then when, when uh, Trump took office, I was excited because it seemed to be you know, a turnaround, but everything started falling against them in that four years. You know, and now look where we are. 
The flood tide is open. They, they do not hide the fact that they want to destroy the, the uh, capitalist way of America and bring us into a, a part of socialism. It's just there, okay? They're just open about it now. And we, stupid people, keep electing these idiots and putting them in office. You know, why does that happen? And I, I, I answered on the last show, I said, well, it could be because, perhaps because God is a little tired of what's going on. And we see in the Old Testament how he brought evil leaders, you know, bad leaders to be, to get the people to wake up and get them to repent. And I'm, I'm thinking that's what we're in now, at least it seems to be. All right, but so Christians, we're coming into a very bad time. All right, and and if you're not a Christian coming in, I know it could be very confusing. So just bear with me. I'll talk to you in a minute for those of you who are not saved. But um, there's some scripture that I found very interesting. And First Timothy five eight says, "But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever." Psalm one forty four verse one. Psalm of David says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Proverbs 25, 26. Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. That was a really interesting verse, I thought. Proverbs 25, verse 26. Say it again. Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. The wicked are going to come upon us. And if we're righteous, we need to stand up. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me one second. Luke twenty-two thirty-six says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He said to them, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. We, this is interesting. I, I started thinking about this because, you know, are we becoming, are we getting into the place where we as Christians might be forced, forced to defend ourselves? And, you know, I, I, I found this article and this is on, um, uh, this is called BibleReasons.com. And it does give a little um, scenario here about a, about a um, about a few things, but you know it says that um, basically uh, it goes through some scriptures and say, what does the scripture say about this? Um, all right, let me let me read this article to you. Um, nowhere in Scripture does it say that Christians can't protect themselves or their families. What we should never do is seek revenge. We must be slow to anger and handle all situations with wisdom. Here are a few examples. If someone breaks into your house at nighttime, you don't know if that person is armed or what they came to do. If you happen to shoot him, you are not guilty. If that person breaks into your house in the daytime and sees you and starts to run, if out of anger you run after him and shoot him, you are guilty. 
And in Florida, this is where this uh, writer is writing from, this is against the law. It would be against the law in most states that if someone's fleeing from your property and you shoot them, can't be like Uncle Fester, shoot him in the back. You can't do that. You have to, you know, the person might be. No, a person is a threat to you. A person posing as a threat to you is different from someone who is not. If someone punches you in the face as a Christian, you must walk away and don't try to retaliate. I know as men we have, to, we have pride to think of ourselves, and I'm not going to let that guy punch me and get away with it. But we must let go of the pride and use biblical discernment, even if we know we, can't, we can beat that person up. Now, it's one thing that if someone punches you once and leaves you alone, but it is different if someone is chasing after you in a relentless attack in a relentless attack mode and tries to harm you. This is, a, this is a situation where you have to defend yourself. You can run, then run. <coughs> Excuse me. If you can run, then run. But if you can't and someone poses a threat, you do what you have to do. It is perfectly fine for Christians to own firearms or to go boxing, karate, or any fighting class. But remember, never retaliate and always be wise. Only defend when you have to. Sometimes just cause sometimes just cause you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. So what does the Bible say? Well, again, I'm going to read that uh, Luke 22, verses 35 to 36. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have any money, a traveler's bag or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Exodus 22, verses 2 through 3. If a thief is caught in the act of breaking into a house and is struck and killed in the process, the person um, the person who killed the thief is not guilty of murder. But if this happens in daylight, the one who killed the thief is guilty of murder. A thief who is caught must pay full for everything he has stole. If he cannot pay, he must be sold as a slave to pay for his theft. Luke twenty two thirty eight, And he said to them, O Lord, behold, here are two swords. He's talking about Peter. And he said to them, they are enough. Luke 11.21 says this, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. Hey, that's a real good scripture, isn't it? Luke 11.21, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. Psalm 18.34, He trains my hands for battle, he strengthens my arm to draw, to draw a bronze bow. And again, Psalm 144.1, a Psalm of David, praise be the Lord, who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. 2 Samuel 22.35 says, he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend the bow bow of bronze. Again, that seems to be repeated through Scripture. And he pointed out here, do not seek revenge. Let God handle it. Even if someone insults you, do not insult them back. Be the bigger person. Romans 5.38 says, You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other also. Now this is for being, um, this is for being reviled as a Christian. Okay, um, Romans 12.19 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay back says the Lord. Leviticus 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Proverbs 24.29, And do not say, Now I can pay them back for what they have done to me. I'll get even with them. 
And that's that's hard for an Italian, <laughs> you know, because uh, when somebody does something to an Italian, they get very, very angry and want to repay. Uh, so that's, that's something I've had to learn as a Christian. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And 1 Peter says, uh, 1 Peter 2.23, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges while, um, wisely. And now, <coughs> judges justly. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right, so this scripture goes on about, um, you know, not putting your trust in your sword or your bow, uh, but having uh, victory in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Uh, let's see, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be, try to be holy and be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. Trust says, try to make peace with people and et cetera, et cetera. So, so what I'm reading here is that, you know, Christians, there's going to come a time when you're going to be forced into a situation, now, especially in the upcoming days. Now, maybe that's already happened to you. If it has, if you want to tell your story, please write in. The truth must be told.org. Tell me, tell me your story. But here's the thing. Now, I've heard of people who have uh, been attacked and, you know, they began to pray. Uh, you know, in our, and I've, I, somebody said to me, he couldn't uh, take somebody's life because what if they, um, what if they haven't come to know Jesus yet? Well, chances are, if they're trying to rob you or murder you, chances are very good they may not know the Lord uh, because they're not acting like a Christian should or maybe they didn't have the right thing. But putting that aside, only God knows who's his. So we can't make that kind of a judgment. However, if if I were to come in the house, in my house, and find somebody raping my wife, am I going to stand there and say, I'm going to pray for you? No, I'm going to take out my gun and do something, or I'm going to hit him in the head with a two-by-four, or I'm going to take whatever methods that I can to stop this person from hurting my family because we are instructed to, let me read this to you again, 1 Timothy 5.8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, or an infidel, it says in some, some references. So, no, I'm going to protect my household, I'm going to protect my family, all right? That's just the way it is. You don't, you don't, that kind of thing. Now, if somebody were to hurt my family, I would not seek revenge. That is something God says not to do. I would want to. I would want to get my hands around his throat, leave me in the office with him for five minutes so I can, you know, have a sit down and talk to Jesus, sit down with Jesus moment with him. But this is this is not what God wants us to do because revenge is his. That person will pay for that in the afterlife. Okay, when they, they will either accept the Lord and go to heaven and be forgiven for those crimes, or they will go to hell if they don't repent. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's nobody's going to pray you out of there. There's nothing like that. So, but we as Christians have the right, and we may be defo- may be forced to defend ourselves in these upcoming days. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't want to paint a a uh, bleak picture for you or put fear in your heart. I'm just saying that that we need to be prepared. Okay, the scripture is clear. We may defend ourselves, but we may not commit murder. There's a difference between killing and murder. And scripture is very clear about that. 
murder is one. It's 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 uh when it's uh um what do you call it? It's 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 you prepare for it. You're getting ready. You you set yourself up. It's um, premeditated. That's what the word I'm looking for. You want ahead of yourself and know I'm going to kill this guy. That's not the circumstance. All right. If I'm attacked on the street, my wife's attacked on the street, yes, I'm going to pull my firearm. Yes, I'm going to pull my firearm. I'm going to defend my wife. No questions asked. And I have an absolute right to do that. Okay. Ramifications that come afterwards, that's something I have to pray about because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But I can't let the fear of those, of the, of the outcome of that stop the, um, for me to stop, to stop, to think about, you know, protecting my family. I told you the story and a couple of years ago now, my wife and I were, Lori and I were pulling out of a Walmart parking lot and she said, oh, look at that cop over there. He's in trouble. And yeah, there was a, a deputy sheriff there that was holding a man at gunpoint who had a hammer and was threatening to hit the, hit the officer. Now I started pulling over because I was going to come out and help him. I, you know, I was going to come out and do what I can to assist that officer to, to bring this guy into custody. But I, it's just as I stopped the car, the officer had to fire. He had no choice but to take this man's life. And I, you know, I've, I've seen people die before. Never saw a person die like that. It's something else when you see a person shot and they fall down dead. But I've seen people, you know, die in the back of my ambulance. I've seen people die in car wrecks. I've seen people die all over the place at a lot of different ages and stuff. So it's it was tough to see. But now if I went there and, you know, what happens if that if the officer missed and this guy started beating the officer up? You know, would I have intervened? Yeah, damn straight I would have intervened. Absolutely, no questions at all. But people pray for strength. Christians pray for strength, pray for peace. But if it does not come, you do what you got to do. Okay? Yeah, we have to turn our, the other cheek when we're being insulted. If we're, if, if, our, if, if, our, our, if we're out preaching on a corner or we're sharing Christ with somebody and that person decides to you know, punch me in the face and he moves on, then that's something else. But if somebody attacks me, then then it's another issue entirely. Yeah, my ego is going to be bruised if somebody slaps me in the face for trying to tell them about Jesus and they move on with their life. And then, um, but turning the other cheek is what Jesus said to do in those circumstances. But um, again, if somebody threatens my life, then that's an entirely different ball of wax. Now, before I, uh, before I go, you know, I've talked a lot here about Christianity, and it's the thing I do on this show. And I try to bring the news into perspective of a Christian belief. And, you know, we, we see that this, this um, president of ours is um, causing a lot of problems for this country as sad as it is, and whether you want to agree with that or not, but that's what's happening, and we need to pray for him, and I say that I say that in all sincerity. We have to pray for them. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for your enemies. We do. We do. We pray for him. We want God to intervene, uh, whatever God has to do, you know, um, 
and not like David prayed, you know, what's it, what do they call that, imprecatory prayers? Break their teeth in their mouth, oh God, you know, um, tear them asunder. You know, David was, wasn't a little happy with his enemies at times. But, uh, but being a Christian doesn't mean that you're, you walk around with a halo and you let people walk all over you. That's not, that's not the way, okay? It's not the way, you know. Um, being a Christian means that you're, you have a right standing with God. And it was, it's not a religion. It's not us doing things right to be in right standing with God. It's God who put his hands down to reach out to man through, that, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shed his blood on a cross so that you could be saved and I could be saved and the whole world could be saved. <clears throat> it says, for God so loved the world, <clears throat> excuse me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world, the cosmos, he gave his life for everyone, the whole world, everyone. And that it, it upset everything so much when Adam, Adam and Eve sinned that even the earth itself was groaning. The Bible says even the, all of creation is groaning for the, waiting for the redemption of man. Waiting for that time when Jesus comes back and, and restores everything back the way it should be. But there's only two choices in life. While you're on this earth, this is where you have to make the decision. While you draw your breath, you have to think, am I a Christian? Now, just because I go to church, just because you go to church doesn't make you a, a, a Christian any more than, you know, standing in a garage makes you a car, all right? So your, your eternal salvation is on the line. I've talked about this so many times because, and I stress it, because we are in a time when we could see the return of Jesus Christ. The rapture of the church could take place at any moment. We have no, we have no pre-warning other than the signs of the times that are before us. The time of his return is imminent. We have to be ready. How do you get yourself ready? Understand, first of all, that you're a sinner. Every one of us is a sinner. The Bible says that all, everyone, all, every person has sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. No one understands and no one seeks for God. This is all in the book of Romans. And that God holds you accountable. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right? You say, yeah, but I'm such a rotten person, Sal. I, I've done so many bad things. It's okay. God demonstrated his own, his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When Christ was on the cross and he looked down and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He wasn't just talking about the Roman soldiers. He was looking down through history and he was looking right at me and he was looking right at you. And he wants to reach out, Father, forgive them. And all you have to do is ask him for that forgiveness. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to, um, you don't have to uh, get yourself right in some good way or whatever. You know, you have to, because I always say, do you have to get cleaned up before you take a bath? No, you go when you take a bath. But the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All right. So just letting you know. So um, don't be in denial. Don't be in, you know, your, your own righteousness. You say, well, I'm, I go to church and I do this, I do that. You know, the Bible says that your own righteousness, things that you do, I give to the church, I do this, I do that. The Bible says it's nothing but filthy rags. And that definition means a woman's menstrual pad. Gross, right? That's how God looks at it. He says they're filthy rags. Your own righteousness is of filthy rags in the sight of God. But all you have to do is say something like, God, I know I'm, I'm a sinner. and I've sinned against you and I'm deserving of death. But Jesus Christ took that punishment, which I deserve, so that through faith in him I could be forgiven. With your help, I place my trust in you for salvation. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer or you want more information about becoming a Christian, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org, thetruthmustbetold.org, and you can contact me through there, and, uh, and I'll do what I can to help you. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for today. I thank you for uh, staying with us for this time. Continue to pray for our country. Continue to pray for um, what's going on in the world. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. Have a wonderful evening.